Good evening, guys, and welcome to the Campbell's Gambles podcast. For another week, I'm joined by the Randwick Renegade. He's got his own nickname this week. <laughs> Blakey boy, how are you going, mate? Yes, sir. I'm doing very well. Very well after last weekend. Yes, absolute fill up from yourself. Uh, it's a big podcast this week, so we'll get straight. Uh, we'll get stuck straight into things. Um, we'll head back to last week. Um, and we'll, we will review Randwick. You had two winners out of the three, out of the four group races on the card, um, Swift Witness and Private Eye. What did you think of those two? Um, I think, I think overall, like like I said in the in the podcast last week, I think there was a lot, uh, there was a lot of unknowns in the races, which is which is sort of why I lent away from some of the shorter favourites in the races. Um, but I was very, very happy to see Swift, Swift Witness find that gap and shoot through to win. And same with Private Eye, great, great win by both those horses. Um, even in the wing stakes, very elegant, went very close. Um, I think most people expected that she'd run well. So I think she's going to be in for a very good prep as well. So it was, uh, it was all around a great day and very exciting. What did you think? Yes, uh, I wouldn't say a great day for myself betting-wise, especially especially that last group race. I think it's very rare for me and you to agree on something, and we were pretty keen, I guess, on great news. And and it was a bit bit sour, her getting run down in probably like the last 20, 25 metres there. I think it was for Chuse. Um, and, and yeah, Mwunga winning the group one, I didn't see that coming personally. I did pot him, so I put my hand up there and say I was got that completely wrong. Uh, I thought Very Elegant was very tough. Um, no pun intended, but uh, she, she was good first up and she's one obviously to follow. Um, pretty obvious that one. Um, and I thought She's Ideal was really good. Uh, everyone's spoken about her, her return, but um, over 1400 meters in a group one wait for age race when she's destined for fervor. She's definitely one we can take from last week and watch throughout the spring. So yeah, 100%. I think as well in that same race, the the Japanese horse running fourth yes. was also pretty impressive. One hundred percent. All right, so, so same, we've got to, same sort of thing. Yes. All right, so we've got to focus on two meetings this week: the Rose Hill meeting that has been moved to Kembla Grange due to COVID um, protocols or reasons or whatever you want to call it. A bit confuzzled here in lockdown. Um, and the Caulfield meeting, which has the Group One race for this week, the Memsey Stakes. So we'll start with Kembla Grange. Um, it's going to be cloudy, 18 degrees, and the rail is in the four-meter position. Uh, we've had a lot of rain here in Sydney early in the week, and unfortunately, Kembla Grange is a track that doesn't um, dry too well, so it's currently rated a heavy eight. Um, in my opinion, the best possible case would be a soft seven, but I feel like we're playing to the heavy range. How do you think the track will play on Saturday, Blake? Uh, tough to say for me personally. I don't spend too much time looking at races from Kemba Grange typically. So um, with that with that in mind, I think it would be hard for me to predict personally. Yeah. But um, if I had to guess, I'm just going to say towards the front, which you typically typically see in the heavy in the heavy range at any track really. Um, 
and I guess you could assume that the inside will sort of chop out a bit, um, yeah. chop up a bit once once we get sort of into the middle part of the day. Um, so look for the, the horses coming sort of down the outside or sitting up on speed one, uh, two or three off the fence towards the end of the day. What about you? I personally love Kembla Grange as a betting track. I, I think it plays on two sides. There's not much gray area with Kembla Grange. It's very black and white. Um, when it's dry and hard and firm, you want to be drawn inside on speed horses. As we saw a couple of weeks ago, there was a number of horses such as Big Parade that were just way too quick for them. And horses that came out wide just had no hope whatsoever. But on the opposing side, when it is wet, we do see horses come to the outside. We see inside gates as a negative and we see outside gates as almost a positive. And whoever can find those outside quick lanes are generally very well favoured. So I feel like it'll play like that again this week. Obviously, the difference with that is there's no rain or there hasn't been any rain today and there's not much rain forecasted tomorrow and there's no rain on race day. So it might dry out to a point where, you know, we might meet in the middle there. Anyway, the first race we'll be taking a look at will be race five, the group three Ming Dynasty quality over the 1400 meters. Um, our current favorite is Coast Watch. Um, how do you reckon these three-year-olds will handle the heavy track? <laughs> uh, considering a lot of them are, I mean, either first up or very, very early on in their preps, um, you'd expect that some of them will find this a bit tough, yeah. uh, especially the ones that aren't known to handle the heavy already. So it'll be interesting. And I think there will be a few that tail off towards the end of the race. Definitely. Um, Coast Watch is currently 280, as I said earlier. Uh, do you reckon he deserves to be favourite here? And if so, does he win? I like the horse, don't get me wrong. I think that to date there's not too much that he's done in in any in any sort of notable races to 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 say that he's you know an extremely good horse um personally i think this race is a really really open one um and so myself i was looking wider uh to horses at sort of double figure quote especially because it's going to be a heavy eight there's a lot of things that are up in the air um so hard to say whether or not Coastwatch should be as short as he is. And he's already drifted out from 250, which he was at one point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm personally keen on one at a bit of a price here. Um, number eight, Dark Rebel, trained by Edward Cummings. Um, I was at Warwick Farm the day it made its debut. And it was a very heavy track that day. And I don't want to... Um, I guess, pump myself, my pump my tires, but I did have it as pick of the yard that day. I really liked the way it looked. Um, you know, he was a nice colt. Um, and he won very, very softly in the end. If you watch the replay over, he dead set. There was a $1.30 favourite in that race, Cody Healy, who's gone on and run all right in um, the group races in Queensland. Uh, but he had a lot of promise, that Cody Healy horse. He sort of boiled off a little bit there, but this horse made him look like second rate. Um, since then, he's gone up to Queensland to contest in the group races. He just wasn't up to those, unfortunately. Um, but here, he's drawn barrier nine, which I love, because he'll get back and get down to the outside, which, I, which I'm looking for on Saturday. And he's got 53 kilos on his back, and I'm not worried about the wet track, whereas there's some horses in this race where there's just a massive question mark on the wet track. So who have you fell on, Blake? 
Well, like I said earlier, I'm uh, same as you, looking a little bit wider. Um, it's it's almost impossible to take horses really short on these kind of tracks um, as three year olds, especially when they don't have the proven form on on the wet ground. Um, one that I had a little bit of interest in, not not an over, overly huge amount of interest in, was Yulong Turbo. Um, I thought that his latest trial was was nice, even though it was on the uh, the dry ground. He did have a trial. Uh, earlier earlier on on the heavy eight, um, which was good as well, running second of nine at Rose Hill. Um, I think that he's he's a very well-developed three-year-old um, from what I've seen. And I mean, there's definitely worse that you can do than back a $13 odds horse in, in a race like this, as I've been saying. Um, not, a, not a race that I'm, I'm overly keen on betting in overall, but yeah, that's, that's one that I just had a little bit of interest in. Um, I do like your I do like your uh, your rap that you've given to Dark Rebel, and I think you should back yourself. It's um nice nice little find there, I reckon. I think I might. So Blake's with number nine. <laughs> I think they've just forgotten about him. I think you can completely scrap his for these two runs in Queensland because an Eagle Farm good four is about a bloody firm two anywhere here in Sydney. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, Blake's on number nine, Ulong Turbo with low confidence, and I'm somewhat medium confidence here with number eight dark rebel we'll move on to the next race on the card race six the race that i think every sydney cider um horse racing fan will be looking forward to the group three san domenico stakes over the 1100 meters for the three-year-olds uh stay inside stay inside stay inside that's what gladys very has been saying but he does return and what do you reckon will happen here from, from a speed map perspective blake uh, well, we were discussing this earlier. I, I, I think it's going to be a fairly even. There's n- there's nothing to really say that the speed will be overly quick or overly yep. slow. There are a few that will go back, a few that will go forward, um, and and a few like stay inside who have the ability to sort of settle uh, wherever they end up settling or wherever is sort of ideal. So I think the speed will be fairly even. Yep. Um, and overall, I think that this race sets up very very nicely for the undoubted best horse in the race which is the favorite at the moment stay inside um what do you think of stay inside's chances well i was actually going to ask you we, we had a segment last week called moral myth play the music there is no music um and you were correct <laughs> with four moves ahead I, I i lent towards moral you lent towards myth you got the chocolates there stay inside moral or myth i'm gonna have to say moral for this one like Obviously, there's only there's only two choices, and they're <laughs> they're a long way away from each other. So there's no sort of middle ground there. Um, <laughs> but I I do think that I do think that the price on offer for stay inside is 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 quite generous. I mean, you're talking about a horse who won the Golden Slipper in his last run, last prep with basically a leg in the air. He was he's down on the line. Um, he's coming into a race here with like eight runners, and they've got some ability, some of them. But none of them have really showed the quality that Stay Inside has, especially consistently throughout his runs. He's had four runs in his career, and he basically should be undefeated for all of them. The only one that he didn't win by a significant margin, mind you, was the Group 2 Todman Stakes on dry ground, and he was extremely unlucky not to win it. So uh, at $2.40, even though he's fresh, he put in a good trial. The second one was, wasn't was bad. He just wasn't sort of ridden out. So... I can't really go past him, um, especially at that price. Yeah, I, I'm in Blake's camp here. I'm in the moral camp. 
Um, Mao Tai from the wide gate goes forward here in the Congo, pushes up to stay inside, has tactical speed to find a lovely spot here, whether it be one out, one back or two back, one out. Um, in my opinion, I was speaking to Blake earlier about it. I think this horse, they've circled Everest with it. And if you've got to circle Everest with a three-year-old horse, you need to come back with a bang. You know, you're pr most likely not going to get selected for an, Ever uh, for an Everest slot if you come second or third in a race like this. So, and regardless, he's the best, not only is he the best horse in this race, from what history shows us, he's the best wet tracker in this race. So I think that's something that has to come into equation here. So Blake Definitely. and I are both keen on staying inside. And that will wrap, uh, wrap up our New South Wales um, selections. So now we're going to go to the JC trial files for this week. Um, thankfully, one of the winners that I could have tipped last week on the podcast was our trial file horse, Way to the Stars. Uh, he was really dominant at Nara on Sunday. He won by four or five lengths. So I expect to see him line up in probably a class five or class four at Shartin. In a couple of in a couple of months time <laughs> like these horses dead set get sold to hong kong way mm. too regularly so i know yeah. i know a few people that have actually made phone calls to hong kong about this horse so there might mm -hmm. that might be an inside scoop for you guys but anyway regardless we kick on we're gonna head to goulburn on saturday or hawkesbury on monday a chris waller trained runner by the name of ma and pa now Blake has a bit of an opinion of this galloper too, and we both laid <laughs> both laid uh, both laid eyes on this galloper at Kensington on debut, and I think we both thought he looked like a nice type in the making. Um, he ran well that day, came second, and then at Warwick Farm he was a short price favourite, sat three wide, no cover, everything went wrong. Uh, maybe partly to blame was himself because the old fellas have been snip snip in the break. And I think that has been the making of this bloke. He's trialed really well. He's trial a fortnight ago. It was only a three horse trial, but he dead set was throttled down. It was, it was strangle held the entire race. It was of trial. Um, it was pretty impressive. Um, another thing here is you don't often see Chris Waller go to Goulburn on a Saturday. And I think that's because of the owner, Mr. Singleton. He's a huge gambler. And I reckon he's going for an easy kill just to fill up those pockets. So if he heads to Goulburn on Saturday in race three, he's number one, he's top weight with Lee McGorrigan on board. He should be extremely hard to beat. So that's trial file this week, Martin Parr. All right. So now we've got to head into Caulfield. Uh, Caulfield is forecasted for 18 degrees on Saturday and it's set to be cloudy. The rail is in a true position. And it's set to be a good four track. So, Blake, we're talking about this earlier. How do you think the track will play? Uh, I think that in recent times at Caulfield, you, we've seen horses on speed favoured. Um, the track's drying out. We think that, as we discussed earlier, we think that it'll be a good four by, by Saturday. Um, personally, yeah, I think... I think you you really got to be looking towards horses in at least the front half of the field. Um, it it sometimes can be a little bit speed dependent. So you know in the in the faster races it can definitely drag the horses um, sort of two or three pairs back into the race. But I think if you're looking at horses who are who are out and out back markers, they could well be struggling on Saturday to make up ground at Caulfield. Yeah, I agree with you there, Blake. I think it might be a day where you want to be. Um, on pace on fence. Anyway, the first race, the first group race of the day will be race four, 
Um, it's the Group 3 HDF McNeil Stakes. We see the three-year-olds back, or the two-year-olds back as three-year-olds. Um, our favourite currently is Artorius. He was the Blue Diamond winner in the autumn. And Blake, I pose this question to you. Will he, I guess, improve from that? Or will he, I guess, negate, or is that even the right word for it? Will, will, he, um, will he not come on? From his two-year-old days is there anything to suggest that he'll be a better three-year-old or a worse three-year-old well not yet in terms of being a better three-year-old um yep. it's 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 definitely not uncommon to see two-year-olds come back after massive massive wins and performances as two-year-olds and come back as three-year-olds and just not sort of uh follow that up as a three-year-old um i'm definitely not suggesting that this horse can't do that it's just you got to you got to sort of judge him on what you've seen and the trial albeit on a heavy nine was not in, not impressive at all um he was smashed six lengths by stay inside in the slipper great massive race um huge form race but from the trial and i mean given there's no other trials or anything to sort of take him on you have to be a little bit skeptical especially at three dollars 20 first up yeah no that's fair enough um I thought his run in the slipper was probably the second or third best run. So I think his sixth is really, um, I guess, doesn't tell you the full story. He, he drew barrier 12. He had a few hiccups into the race and it was his first time going to Sydney way. They went back from the wide alley. Uh, it was a day where you couldn't just, you couldn't make any ground whatsoever. So stay inside was probably benefited in that, in that way, shape and form. Um, I feel like he's probably, you know, I could argue that he's probably the best. He was the best two-year-old. Um, his ratings would mm -hmm. suggest he's he's close to that. Um, Animo is probably rating-wise probably the best two-year-old, I think. Um, and then obviously stay inside and Artorius. I think he'd probably be. You know, he'd, he he fits in well, well with those with those horses. Um, yeah. I think the thing is with with him here. I think he's suited to further. He probably has bigger aspirations down the track. He's probably a horse. That's probably looking for the Caulfield Guineas. I reckon that's a race that would probably make sense for him. Um, and, you know, if our on-pace, um, low-draw, on-fence type of thing makes sense, then General Bow really does map to get all favours here. And I re was really impressed with the way Mis Mis uh, Mr. Mozart returned and Heresy. So it's a race that I just want to completely stay out of. Um, and, yeah, so what about you, Blake? I think um, I, I definitely agree with you. I think that the map for Artorias is just not not good at all. Uh, being being a horse that typically races off off the speed, um, we saw that work against him in in the Golden Slipper, yeah. and um, it could definitely be be sort of a, a racing pattern that works against him again. Come Saturday, agree completely agree with General Bow. Gate one goes forward. Who? that's that's exactly what you want out of a horse on Saturday. So um, I definitely agree with you there. Um, I think Heresy is is an interesting horse. Again, the map just far from ideal, um, given what we're expecting uh, the pattern to do. But I do think the horse is talented. Um, she's one that's not coming into this fr uh, fresh. So uh, I think one to keep an eye on, Damien Oliver's sticking. Um, but yeah, I... I tend to agree. One one that I'm not too too keen to have a bet in, um, especially all of these factors, and then you've got a compound on top of that 
you've got two-year-olds coming back as three-year-olds and a lot of them you don't really have a gauge on how well they've come back yet I mean one or two runs well the most that any of them have had it as three-year-olds is one run and Artorius hasn't had a run yet and he's the favorite so uh yeah a lot um a lot of unexposed form at this stage well, too easy, Blake. We'll move on to race five. It's the group three, the Heath, 1,100 metres. A uh, really interesting runner tops the bet in here. Mars Crusader, he's opened up an odds-on favourite. Uh, Mars Crusader, what do we do with him here? What did you think of his trial? There's only one thing that you can think about this trial. It was absolutely gobsmacking. <laughs> <laughs> So I think I think honestly anyone that's seen that trial is is very 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 excited for this horse's prep. Um, I think like we've been saying, the map and the the pattern that we're expecting on Saturday could be a little bit tricky for the horse. But if there's any horse that's running on Saturday that could overcome it, um, it's definitely got to be this horse, especially in this kind of a race. I don't really see much of a much of a sort of threat to the horse if we assume that he's going to get even luck and the pattern's going to suit every horse evenly um if that doesn't happen then i think that that could be really the only thing that beats him here yeah well i guess when you look at this race he's the genuine group one horse in this race i know he won his group one race where he was assisted by a bias but in saying that he still came second to nature strip in the tj as well as a very good fifth in the all-age stakes at the end of last preparation. Uh, he's been a horse. He's been a work in progress. And you look you look down this page, you've probably got a lot of these horses are just benchmark stakes, you know, group three horses realistically. And, you know, he's not weighted that badly. He's only, you know, what the low, the, the bottom weight here is Calcani Royal at 55 kilos, whereas there's horses such as Poland, Crosshaven, Oxley Road. He's only given him like one to one and a half kilos, which is, you know, a bit ridiculous, you know, at set weights, he's really well in and he, realistically, he should be a dollar 80. If this was Flemington or something, obviously 1100 meters, we down a straight track. But if, if this was a track that wasn't Caulfield, that didn't have this question mark, whether around the, um, the bias on the day, you know, you could easily probably mark him a dollar 50 in a field like this. And it wouldn't surprise me if he gets backed into that. Um, will I be having a bet on Mars Crusader? No, just because I, I think a dollar 80 is a bit too much to risk on a horse. Um, where he's got to go back to last, where there might be a massive bias against him, where he might be better down the track. And also he's probably got bigger targets in this race. Um, what about you, Blake? Will you be having a bet on Mars Crusader on the weekend? Uh, at this stage, probably not. Um, I think $1.80 is way too short if you don't know what the track's going to do on the day. That said, you have up until the horses leave the gates to put a bet on and it's race five. So you get four races before this to get a gauge on what the track's doing, get a gauge on whether any other horses um, can, can sort of run on in, in races earlier in the day. Um, if we get the pattern wrong and horses do seem to be able to make some sort of ground, um, I think this horse just wins really. Um, gate 10 is it looks bad on paper but with a horse that naturally goes back anyway you'd rather him be drawn 10 than drawn two yeah. um so yeah like i said uh when i when i looked at this race earlier the only thing that i could really find beating mars crusader was the pattern and the the key to 
reading the pattern is to just wait till the day, see what it's doing, and then make a decision then. So I think if anyone's keen to back him, um, I definitely recommend just waiting till the day, see what the pattern's doing, and then make a decision then. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. All right, we're going to head to our second group one of the season. The first one in Victoria, the Memsey Stakes. It's race eight, and we have Bef Behemoth. Sorry, that's very disrespectful to the beast that is Behemoth. He is the current $4 favourite. Does he deserve to be favourite and why? I think so. I think he does deserve to be favourite. And personally, I think that with Tefane, they're definitely the two sort of standout runners that are the best in this field. There are a few that, that could be competitive in terms of their quality, but this, this race sort of sets up the best for those two. So I think they definitely deserve to be taking up most of the market percentage between them. Um, $4.20 is definitely not a bad price for Behemoth as favourite, um, and neither with Tefane at $4.60. I think they're both probably, uh, yeah, deserving deserving to be at the top of the market there. How did you see the market? Um, I think this is a pretty weak group one. I might sound stupid for saying that, but I, I don't... I know Behemoth's a good horse, but realistically, in my opinion, uh, it's just my opinion, don't, don't go off of me, but I don't think he'd, you know, even fall in my half a dozen, dozen group one horses. Um, Tefane, you know, I don't really have too much between them. I'm personally taking a bit of a gamble here, um, following my namesake. Um, and I'm going to be going with the four-year-old Aegon, uh, the New Zealander. I watched his trial um, just before he got on this podcast in New Zealand. I thought he trialed better than um, Probabil. He was in the same heat as Probabil, and she's obviously a short price favorite in the other group race that we didn't cover because we don't have time. Um, um, and I just, I just go back to that win in the Group Two Hobartville, and I was, just, it, there's just something about this horse when he is right, when he gets conditions to suit, and he can be explosive. And I just feel like this is a race where. It might just be the new kid on the block. He is the four-year-old. He's only had seven starts. He's won five of them. He's two and he's two from two first up. And you know, John McNeil is riding good. He's he's a he's a um he's a known big race rider. And you know, another thing against Behemoth, in my opinion, is you know, Jam we're filming this after Jamie Carr has got suspended. Poor Jamie. Um, so you know, who jumps on Behemoth there and, and where does he get to on the map? So um I guess Aegon, if you can find some cover and, you know, if he can progress from a three-year-old to a four-year-old, there's no reason why he can't be competitive in a race like this. So who did you land on, Blake? Uh, well, first of all, I think that, yeah, I, I could definitely see Aegon uh, giving this a shake, um, especially on on the rap that you've given him. Um, I've, I've landed on a few. Uh, there's a few that I want to sort of take a, take a, a closer look at here. Sierra Sue, I think, brings in some very nice winning form. There's not much of sort of recent winning form coming into the race, apart from obviously Behemoth, who won first up. There are a lot of horses coming into this fresh. Um, and then a few sort of down the bottom of the market who have just not put in the performances that we, we've come to expect from those horses, which is obviously why they're, they're longer prices. But I think Sierra Sue putting those two wins back to back, she's kind of lived up to the expectations that a lot of people had on her earlier in her career. 
um, and it's come a little bit late, but you you got to sort of you got to sort of take it as it comes. And sometimes that's what happens. It takes horses, you know, a year or two to really find that 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 sort of edge that they need to to start putting a few wins together. Um, that win last start was was pretty good. Uh, I can't lie. Um, and the horse is drawn well, gate five, and the price is 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 not bad. I mean the the overall form and and sort of wins that this horse has had previously are probably not at the same level as some of these horses at the top of the market. But that's not to say that she can't change that on on the weekend, um, yeah. especially being a horse who's coming into this with plenty of racing behind her coming up against a lot of horses who even if they have had one or two runs are definitely not at peak fitness like she should be um so i think at double figures is definitely worse that you can do with sierra sue um and obviously i've spoken about behemoth um one thing that i do want to point out which i found really interesting is um first of all me personally i don't like backing horses who are second up off a win um there i've seen plenty of times that go wrong where horses are prepped very hard to win first up in in targeted races and then second up they just need that sort of softer run because they've had that hard run first up and then later on in their in their prep they sort of come back into form um two weeks between two weeks since winning as well kind of made me question behemoth coming into this race but behemoth has done it before going from the spring stakes, winning at Morfittville, coming into the Memsey stakes and winning again, and then going to the Sir Rupert Clark and winning back-to-back -back group ones. So that gives me extra confidence that Behemoth can do it again because he, he's obviously done it. He's been there, done it. He can do it again. That's that's my way of, of seeing it. Um, I think 420 is, is fair. I, I think that the price could be a little bit juicier, but I think it could also be shorter. Um, so it, it is it is a slight unknown and I'm still a little bit hesitant just because I've got that that sort of thing in the back of my mind that tells me horse second up off a win yada yada but uh, hopefully uh, hopefully behemoth can can do what he did last time and um, and put those wins together um, so I've, I've landed on behemoth Sierra Sue and then just quickly 50 stars I think he he can definitely bob up in races like this um, he's he's raced with different patterns before, like we've seen him race back in the field. We've seen him race a little bit closer to the speed in some races as well. I think over this shorter trip, he'll probably go back um, and that might not suit him with, with the, uh, with the bias that we're expecting, but at $31, you can def definitely do worse. Um, so I think 50 size, I'll just throw in there as a, as a little cheeky roughy as well. Beautiful. All right. We're going to head to our viewers, $100 competition. Um, Tyler Spain was on last week and he had his $100 in Colding. Um, I'm not even sure what, where Colding ran. I, I wasn't really watching, wasn't paying attention to that runner, but... Um, in Colding run? <laughs> let's, let's not bag Tyler out. Tyler's <laughs> but I, I, no, nothing on him, nothing on him. Let's just horse. say it's, it's, it's a horse's fault, obviously. Once you give a tip out, it's up to the horse and the jock. Um, but yeah, I didn't see Colding anywhere near the finish. So anyway, regardless, we move on to this week. Uh, we've got Campbell's Gamble's greatest um, follower, ambassador. I don't know what you want to call him, but Jonathan Marco, Johnny Marco, uh, the big red. He's having $100 on number 10, Tefane. So we wish Johnny the best of luck. The leaderboard is currently looking, um, I guess, leaderless. 
Um, Tyler's currently there <laughs> with his um, $0 just for participation. But um, Johnny might just pip him this week with Tafana, who looks a good chance this week in the Group 1. Um, with our own Group 1 competition, Blake, unfortunately, we both went down. Um, think it over. I thought it was a touch unlucky not to have run a bit closer in the race. And um, you came second with very elegant. And I think it was a fifth. With brutal. Absolutely so, brutal. Yeah, you, you were hard done by uh, not to get a result there. And I feel like I was a little bit hard done by not to get a better ride. And unfortunately, uh, prayers out to uh, Mr. Brenton Abdullah. He did, um, um, I think he had like some spinal injury or neck injury. So um, he didn't get to ride think it over that day and that might have changed the result who the hell knows um regardless um this week we're both on minus hundred dollars so we've got to go into the trust fund and take another hundred dollars out and i'm playing it simple again i'm a very simple man um it's funny looking at these tips it shows how different me and blake really are uh, <laughs> he's more of the uh probably the smarter punter really uh, i'm just you know i just like keeping things simple I'm having $50 each way on Aegon. I think 11 to 1, you can't really go wrong. And I feel like if he shows glimpses of what he's shown as a three-year-old and as a juvenile horse, if he comes back as a four-year-old any good, he could literally just blow these away. He, there's no in-between with this horse. He's either got to blow these away or he's got to be extremely disappointed, in my opinion. So I'm going to take the gamble at 12 to 1 that he just does that. What about you, Blake? Where are you allocating your $100 this week? Well, it's risk for reward. So you definitely can't... Can't bag the uh, the each way bet on the on the uh, the double figure price there. Yeah. Um, personally, I'm sticking with the the three bet strategy from last week. Proven method. Um, <laughs> almost, almost proven method. <laughs> it could be the rich show of hopefully, our. Of hopefully, our we can parts. prove that method this week. <laughs> um, so, so I've landed on like I like I said earlier, behemoth. I'm having fifty to win. Um, that'll be that'll be the main bet that I'm having on the on the current favorite, and then I'll be having fifteen dollars each way on Sierra Sue, who I like I said uh, brings in the best sort of proven fit form into the race, and then I'll be having ten dollars each way on fifty stars, just as a little roughy there. Beautiful. All right, guys, if you've made it this far in the podcast, I'm sure you all have, and that's just me. Um, hopefully, wishing that you have. We're gonna wrap it up with our best bets for Saturday. Blake, what do you have for us? Do we have a winner? Uh, hopefully. <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait and see how uh, how everything goes on Saturday, but I'm going to Caulfield Race 3, number 7, uh, Tarath, I think it's pronounced. Yeah. And we've got Jai McNeil on board, Barrier 5. He's a $2.10 favourite, so quite short, but very small field. There's only eight runners in the field. Um, really top to bottom of this field. There's There are a few talented horses, don't get me wrong, um, but I think Tarath is really on the way up. He's, he's, uh, she, sorry, the mayor, has had 11 starts in her career. Um, she's only had five runs since coming, since coming to Australia, and they've all been spe spectacular, really, or four runs, should I say, um, and they've all been spectacular. The last two wins have been great. The last win at Flemington was over 1,400 metres, um, in a benchmark 84, carrying 54 kilos, goes to a benchmark 90 this time, so steps up a little bit in grade, but gets the same weight and really doesn't find a field that's that much harder than the, the field that she faced in that 84. So I think $2.10 um, $2 is, is short price, don't get me wrong, but I think that she'll be winning, especially with, uh, with that pattern that we're expecting with uh, on-pace runners favoured. All right, so that Where is... Where are you looking? 
Lakes best bets, race three, number seven, Turaf. I am looking, looking to Goulburn, looking to Goulburn. Um, not only do I like Myron Park, Goulburn, I do actually have a few trialers going around there. And I have been, I have been frothing a bit of a John O'Shea and Alicia Collett combo recently. And they have been, Alicia Collett, she's just been riding really well in provincial New South Wales. I'm a big fan of provincial New South Wales. I feel like I make, I feel like I make decent enough dough there compared to the other tracks and it probably probably evens out on the other tracks <laughs> but um i'm heading race four number four arthur francis this guy trialed last week at randwick um if you look for his form um he does have a stay inside form line he, he came fifth to stay inside on debut he he was actually the funny thing is he actually sp'd favorite that that day i'm pretty sure i think it was 360 or something um so he, he came fifth to stay inside on debut beaten by four lamps beaten fair and square obviously and then he ran out in the English Millennium two-year-old race and was beaten seven and a half lengths, which doesn't look good, but Propertier did beat the field by five and a half lengths. So five lengths, whatever it was. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Two trials have been good this preparation. And once again, we get the... Now I've got to make some like sound music for that, but the old boy has had the <laughs> ultimate gear change. The gelding operation... The snip, snip. Place. The snip, snip. Alicia Collett on board. John O'Shea, Barrier 6... 1,200 metres, Goulburn. Goulburn's probably the, the most fairest track in um, country New South Wales, in my opinion. Um, there's another horse in this race that is one of my trial files too. Uh, number nine, Carbling for Peter and Paul Snowden. So I guess it's between those two, in my opinion. Um, but I think Arthur Francis, just those, those form lines, I, I don't care how long, how far he's beaten by, but for, for them to have the opinion to put him in a race like that, and you know, obviously with the gelding and whatnot, I think he should be hard enough to beat on a Saturday at Goulburn. So that's where we'll wrap things up, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in for another week. Anything to close on, Blake? Nope, just hoping for uh, a, an expected day um, on Saturday and and the the biases the bias that we expect at both tracks and a great day of racing. All right, too easy. Well said, Blake. Appreciate you jumping on for another week. We'll leave you guys My to pleasure. it. Have a great week and best of luck on the punt. See you guys. Good luck, guys.